This is a Power 98.7 podcast. Now we're talking. Subscribe to Power 98.7 podcasts in iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. There's more on power987.co.za. Engaging and informative. Power Breakfast with TT on Power 98.7. Political Desk. Yes, indeed, it is that time on a Monday morning when we uh, get a little bit of perspective and a bit of analysis on some of the main political stories that have uh, made headlines in recent weeks. And our commentator, or in recent days, our commentator this week is Professor of Political Science and International Relations and Director of the Canrad Center at the Nelson Mandela University, Professor Peggy Mkomezulu. Good morning and thank you for joining us. Uh, good morning, Titi. Good morning to your listeners. I hope that uh, you are treating my former colleague, Dr. Dema well. Otherwise, you left me <laughs> to deal with. <laughs> I try my best. I try my best. <laughs> uh, please say hi to her. <laughs> okay, I will do. All right, okay. let's let's start here. And uh, of course, we are entering silly season. That is the campaign season. And uh, we know one person that has put his hand up uh, and actually he has done more than put his hand up. Uh, that is a former Chief Justice Mkhoeng Mkhoeng has said he will be president of the country because, uh, um, you know, that that is God's will. Now, he has also entered the fray and he's been obviously on the, uh, on, you know, on the speaking trail and was speaking recently at the SAFM public lecture where he made some rather in- remarkable comments and scathing comments about uh, the president, Cyril Ramaphosa, whom um, he accused of failing to disclose the CR17 campaign donors, saying, um, you know, that... Uh, he is he, he that uh, you know basically uh, I think uh, what was said by uh, seeing some people saying it vindicates what uh, uh, was asserted by the former public protector. What do you make of this? Um, the you know the comments made by the former chief justice. No, uh, thank you very much, Titi. Uh, fortunately, uh, I listened to uh, uh, former Chief Justice Mohong Mohong. I listened to the entire speech. Mm. Uh, most of the things that he said, I align myself with are on a number of uh, fronts. One, uh, you have the legal angle to uh, anything that happens. And then, of course, on that front, mm-hmm. you would say that uh, the president will be in the clear uh, because uh, both the court and the uh, legislatures found him clean, having not done anything wrong. But that is just the, from the legal perspective. But from a political point of view, this is one cloud that is going to engulf the president until he departs from this act. Because even if you are correct uh, legally, but then check the political angle and then see if that is going to uh, assist you or if it is going to tend to image. So the point that um, uh, former Justice Mokong Mokong was making were in fact um, uh, aligned to uh, the political impact of his decision not to divulge what happened uh, with the CR17 campaign. So on that one, I agree with him entirely. But on the uh, statement that... uh, uh, he, he is uh, basically having an eye on the presidency. That is where we differ. Mm. I don't necessarily think that uh, a former chief justice um, can, in fact, uh, uh, vie for this position. Mm. Although on this one as well, there is nothing preventing him in law to do it. But from a common sense point of view, 
And from a political point of view, I don't think that is a decision that he needs to take. Because as a former judge, as a former chief justice for that matter, uh, you are always there as someone with credibility. And then whenever government is in trouble on one issue or the other, they will then invite you to lead a commission of inquiry on that particular matter. The moment you are aligned to a political party, then it means you have rendered yourself uh, irrelevant in that particular discussion. And in fact, you have uh, censored yourself. You can no longer be available to do that. So on that front, mm-hmm. then I don't think it's a wise move. Although legally, there is nothing wrong in him doing that. It's very interesting, though, because then what, I mean, my understanding is that judges serve for life, that... Uh, you are a judge for life. You may not. You may be retired, but can be called upon at any point since you are on a salary for the re- re- remainder of your natural life. What would happen to that? I mean, would he have to resign? I don't even know because he's retired. Um, what would he? What would need to be the, nat- the legal process that he would follow if he he, man- he decided to, or insist on pursuing uh, public office? You know, the question you're asking is a pertinent question. Uh, let's look at it on two fronts. One, if you are the former president of the country and former deputy president of the country, we are going to take care of you until uh, you pass on. But the moment you become politically active, then forfeit those benefits. So in this case, as you correctly pointed out, judges are appointed for life. It's just like when you have this title of being a general, which is why we still call Honorable Olomisa General Olomisa. You're not going to do that until it passes on. So there are titles that will stay with you until you die. In this case, we are even paying these uh, former judges because they remain active in a way, in the sense that even though they are no longer uh, uh, occupying the position they used to occupy, but then if a crunch time comes, will rely on them to assist us as a nation. So the moment then you become politically active, you should forfeit all those benefits Mm. because you are no longer occupying that status Mm. which you held and then we're occupying a different status of being a politician and that can't be be right for us to continue paying all your bills uh, when you are politically active and you're getting paid as a politician as well. Speaking of uh, the electioneering and the election campaigns, the Action Essay this weekend launched um, their uh, policy docu- document uh, as for ahead of the 2024 election campaign. What, what are your impressions of Action Essay? Of course, they first burst onto the scene on the back of uh, uh, Herman Mashaba's departure from the DA when, where he served as their mayor in the city of Johannesburg. Uh, they managed to win some seats in the local government elections in the uh, city of Johannesburg, but uh, you know, contesting elections at the provincial and national le- level is a different kettle of fish. How do you see them stacking up there? Uh, you, you see, my brother, um, this gentleman, uh, Mr. Mashaba, uh, what he did was right. If you are in a political party and then you feel that uh, your interests are no longer being served or the interests of the party that you joined uh, are no longer represented the way we anticipated, you have two options. One is to leave the political party and then quit politics. The other one is to leave the political party and then form your own. He opted for the latter, so he formed his own action essay. And in fact, he made, uh, he, he made an impact when he formed his party and then he started getting some seats. But then he's gradually losing momentum sooner than later. And because his party is relatively new, like you are saying, it's going to be contesting in the national and provincial government election this time around. But then already there are flags, red flags. One is on the issue of triple PEE and affirmative action. He makes pronouncements that uh, 
in fact, as far as he's concerned, uh, this thing is not helping, he's not going to um, uh, support it if he were to become the president. Already we have a problem because black people, uh, truth be told, black people have suffered for many years. So the reason why you get a BEE and then later triple BEE and then affirmative action was to try and bring black people who had been left out in the cold for too long to bring them at least closer uh, to their white counterparts. So the moment you do away with this, then there is a problem, which is the same narrative, by the way, uh, that has uh, prevailed within the DA, which it comes from, saying that uh, they are against affirmative action, which in, in itself is a problem. So that is one issue. Then the other issue is uh, on the foreign nationals issue. I think that although the point is making that uh, all those who are coming to the country must come in through legal means, this is okay on that one, it's absolutely right. But then he seems to be taking radical steps. Remember what happened when he visited the Lebombo border, a border between South Africa and, 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 um, and Mozambique. Mm. The things they don't go well because whenever you deal with issues of this nature, you keep emotions aside and then you reason properly and then you follow the right um, procedures and then you will be listened to. By the moment you, you, you get drunk with power or what people say whenever you are in a stage and then you get too excited, like I've been saying with Honorable Mbalula, that when he sees cameras and gets excited and then says things he's not supposed to say. Mashaba should stay away from that and then just be cool, calm and collected. He stands the chance if we were to do that because some of the issues are in fact critical for the country, except for the two that I've just highlighted. Professor Begum Gomezulu, Professor of Political Science and International Relations and Director at the Canred Center for at the Nelson Mandela University. Thank you so much for your time. Much appreciated. Thank you very much, Tia, for having me. Thank you to your team and thank you to your listeners. There you have it, our political commentator this morning on the political desk. You've been listening to a Power 98.7 podcast. For more podcasts, visit power987.co.za or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.